Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Sacramento Kings general manager Monty McNair has already been plenty busy this offseason with the moves that he's made, but we've known that a swing for the fences type move has always been in the repertoire of McNair, always been in the back of his mind. I've talked about it a lot with my guest today, NBC Sports insider James Ham is back with me on Locked on Kings. We're going to revisit the swing for the fences conversation, look at names like Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, Christoph Porzingis, and more. James is going to give his opinion on the Kings' chances of landing those names. Plus, he's going to share why he feels the Kings have put themselves in arguably the best position in the league to make a move like this. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last seven years. This will be season number eight for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I'm excited to watch Summer League in Las Vegas begin tonight for your Sacramento Kings. Of course, they've already played in the California Classic, which I guess is the unofficial tip-off to Summer League, but real Summer League happening in Vegas uh, is starting tonight. Very excited about that for the Kings. We know uh, that Chemezi Metu will be joining the uh, Sacramento Kings Summer League roster after a very strong showing with Nigeria in the Olympics. And of course, Chemezi Metu is under contract for the Kings next season, or at least is at this point. It's actually, I think, today, and depending upon when you're listening to this, it might already have been answered, but it's today where that contract becomes fully guaranteed or not. So if the Kings aren't going to bring Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones in, they'll have to make that decision today. But at the time of this recording, uh, they have still yet to make that decision. I assume Chemezi Metu is going to continue to be a part of the Sacramento Kings. He earned this contract with the way that he played last season. But now this is a great opportunity for Chemezi Metu in the Summer League. Typically, when you see players that have NBA experience that can excel at the NBA level, and we saw Chemezi put up some good numbers and have some great moments for the Kings last season. Typically, it's against Summer League competition where they really shine and they make a statement, yes, I am an NBA caliber talent. So I almost expect a little bit of that out of Chemezi Metu. Now, I also want to see some of that out of Robert Woodard and Jemias Ramsey was disappointed with how they played in the California Classic. I expect to see that to some extent uh, for Davion Mitchell, although it's hard to ask that too much uh, from a rookie. And Nemias Keita, uh, Keita, sorry, I expect to see him uh, on the court getting some good court time. The Kings announced that they gave him one of their two-way contracts. I believe King got the second two-way contract, if I'm not mistaken. So plenty of reasons to watch Summer League for the Sacramento Kings. But even with that going on, of course, the offseason continues. And the Kings have already made a ton of moves like the uh, re-signing of Rashawn Holmes, the re-signing of Mo Harkless, uh, bringing in Alex Len. Uh, and there still are moves to be made. In particular, the Kings have put themselves in a position potentially 
to make a really big move, a big splash, a swing for the fences type move that I've talked a lot about on Locked On Kings, a move that I think is necessary for this Kings team to get where they want to go, which is solid in the playoff conversation. Now, you're going to hear uh, from James Ham why he feels the Kings are in the best position, maybe in the league, to make a move like that, uh, how they've done well bolstering their bench this offseason, but still leaving them sells assets to uh, use in a potential major blockbuster trade. Actually, instead of spoiling anything more about our conversation, I might as well just throw it over to James right now. So here it is, my conversation with NBC Sports insider James Ham, the Kings, looking for a swing for the fences type move. The offseason is now well underway, and with free agency going on, the Sacramento Kings have seemingly made some decisions. They now know that Rashawn Holmes will be returning, which is a major plus, seeing as how that was one of the biggest question marks and what we believe to be one of the uh, top to-do, or at the very top of the to-do list for the Sacramento Kings, easier said uh, than done. They were able to secure that, also securing Alex Len, bringing back Mo Harkless, which I know my guest was a big fan of joining me back here on the locked on kings podcast from nbc sports sacramento kings insider james ham back on with me and james and i are really going to dive into some swing for the fences moves that the kings could still make this offseason just because the first few days of free agency are done and rashawn holmes is back doesn't mean monty mcnair isn't still looking to do more but james uh welcome back to the locked on kings my friend tell me why you like the mo harkless signing so much Oh, I mean, for me, like, look, when you're in the NBA, every every good NBA team has long athletic uh, wing defenders. If you don't have a wing defender, you're in trouble. We saw uh, at the end of last year, you know, how well Harkless played for the Kings, even though he couldn't hit his three-point shot at all, um, you know. But in the 26 games he was with Sacramento, all of a sudden their defense didn't look bad anymore. And, you know, it was because of other guys as well, like DeLon Wright and, and Terrence Davis. You know, they made some other adjustments. But at the end of the day, having a guy that's switchable, that can play both the three and the four, uh, that has, you know, a 7-1 or a 7-2 or a 7-3 wingspan at 6-7, um, those guys are just so incredibly valuable. And to get him on a two-year, $9 million deal, um, and people forget too, like Mo, Mo Harkless just turned 28 years old. So you're getting him in his prime. Um, you know, hopefully he cleans up the three-point stuff. I think that was more because he he had only played 13 games all season for the Miami Heat, and then he came over to the the Kings and was like, I, I got to jump in, and all of a sudden I'm playing 28 minutes a night. And, you know, I think it was a little difficult for him to get his legs underneath him. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a fan. He's a solid veteran. He was a starting small forward on a team that went to the Western Conference playoffs, I mean the Western Conference finals in the 2018-19 season. Like, this is a, a guy that, again, if you would have brought Kent Bazemore back last year, which I know you love, Matt, um, if you would have brought Kent Bazemore back last season to Sacramento, they would have won two or three more games, maybe four more games, just because they had no depth. If Mo Harkless would have been on this squad the entire season, defense wouldn't have been as, nearly as bad. He just helps create something different. And so uh, for me, I, I think it's a really, really nice pickup that in the past, I just don't think the Kings would have been able to uh, pull a guy like this. 
Yeah, it pains me that Bays is a Laker. He's enjoying his tour of the Pacific Division, going from Sacramento to Golden State to Los Angeles. He's a very easy guy to root for. Uh, but another guy that came over to Sacramento when Bays was here was Alex Len. And a couple weeks ago, I did a build your own off-season adventure exercise here on Locked on Kings. And, and what listeners don't know is James helped me a lot behind the scenes uh, with that, making sure money worked, finding out moves mm-hmm. that realistically could be made. And Alex Len is a guy we talked a lot about uh, as a, a nice piece for the Kings to add some big man depth, liked him in his limited time here in Sacramento. And the money that we were discussing for Alex Len was very similar to what he ended up getting. What do you think about that as a depth pickup? Yeah, I mean, for me, again, uh, the signing of Hassan Whiteside was, I mean, I hate to like embellish this thing and make it sound like it's the most egregious error the Kings have ever made because they've made so many errors. So you can't really put it in that ballpark, but like the difference, Hassan Whiteside is a better NBA player than Alex Len. Alex Len is a much better fit for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Len plays hard. He runs the floor. He can shoot a three. He blocks shots. He doesn't mind getting in somebody's face. He'll shove somebody. We saw him do it uh, in LA last year. You know, he's a guy that that brings some defensive toughness and personality to this team. And also, the other thing he brings is he's a true seven footer. So when Rashawn Holmes is getting is having those games where a guy like Valanciunas or um, you know just go through Jokic or or even Montrez when Montrez you know gets rolling, um, when those guys start to get off. He's a, he's a guy who doesn't mind putting his chest into somebody and, and taking a big hit and, and fighting a good fight. And I just think he's a better fit. And again, if it would have been Alex Len over Hassan Whiteside last year, I think you win a couple more games. I think this team would be better defensively. And again, we're talking about this, this change that they have to do because when you're as bad as the Kings were last, so for me, Len isn't, it's not super sexy, but it, you know, $3.7 million, a two-year, $7.6 million contract. Like, these are good deals for the Kings. This is not going out and getting, you know, even like a guy like Costa Kufis, they paid him uh, something like 8 or $9 million a year for, you know, a four-year contract. This is a short-term deal for a guy who fits a need and gives you depth behind your starting center. And 15, 18 minutes a night, some nights, other nights he'll play eight. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who's just going to do his job and, and do what you ask of him. And then every once in a while, he'll surprise you with a three ball. It's funny how interesting things can change during an off season. Cause we were coming in, James talking about the Kings are looking at a very real possibility of having no, uh, center depth, no big man depth, no ability uh-huh. to sign Rashawn Holmes and not much money to bring a, a, a backup. in. we were like, oh, do, are the Kings forced to keep Marvin Bagley just to have a halfway decent starting center? And suddenly they have Rashawn Holmes coming back. They have Alex Len. Marvin Bagley is still on the roster as of right now. And then they have this trade for for Tristan Thompson that they get in a three-way deal, sending DeLon Wright uh, to the Atlanta Hawks, getting Tristan Thompson from the Boston Celtics. So this trade was announced. It took a long time to process, and we heard rumors about maybe trying to change the deal, add a little more to it. That never ended up happening. But this trade was announced before the Kings signed Rashawn Holmes. And initially I thought, okay, this is a good backup plan move. If you do lose out on Rashawn Holmes, Tristan Thompson is not a horrible option. That made a lot of sense to me. Now I'm questioning why you made the move with Rashawn Holmes coming back. Is it really just a depth play? You know, Matt, I'll tell you this. First of all, as a backup plan to to Rashawn Holmes, I actually think it's horrible. 
like okay. uh, like and i'm not i'm not like calling you out but I, I what i'm saying is like look if if you were going to lose homes and the answer was was tristan thompson uh i think you you lost a thousand season ticket holders um you know to me that would not have now as a backup it's fine but he doesn't really fit so so look, when they made this deal, uh, we had the NBA draft on Thursday night. They made the deal Friday morning. And when they were about to walk into free agency, which started on Monday morning, they basically had like what you said. They have Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones on non-guaranteed deals. Uh, they had drafted Nemias uh, Keita. And then on top of that, they had um, they had Marvin. They, they had one starting level NBA player. And that's not it. Maybe even one rotational NBA player, and that's not to totally disrespect Damian Jones or or Chimezi Metu. That's just being honest. I mean, these guys. Uh, one was a two-way player. One of them was, you know, he signed like three or four ten-day contracts last year. These guys aren't guys that you expect to come in and play eighteen minutes a night. Now, could they become that? Maybe. Um, and I expect a guy like Damian Jones to be in the league a long time. Chimezi Metu is a hustle guy. I think he can play in the league for a while. But, but at the same time, you had to have somebody. Hmm. And, and you couldn't trade Marvin. You couldn't do anything because you didn't have anybody to fill those roles. And so for me, like, look, it, it, Tristan Thompson isn't a sexy pick, it, like what we talked about with Alex Lynn uh, or, or Mo Harkless. But he's a solid position defender. He's a very, very good rebounder, especially on the offensive end. He knows his role. He can play the four or the five. Like everyone just says he's a center. Like he played most of last season with uh, Daniel Tice and they had other guys, you know, uh, Grant Williams and guys in and out of the lineup in Boston last year where, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, again, he has a ring. He went to four finals in a row and he's 30 years old. Maybe he's towards the end of what his, his days are as a player. Um, but $9.7 million, it's not that much money. I just think that at the end of the day, you're kind of like, hey, could could the Kings have gotten more for DeLon, right? Could they have got like some value back, um, whether it's second round picks or something else. But if you're also looking at the roster, you say, okay, look, I understand why they did the move. Even if he was brought in and like, I think worst case scenario was he's a starting center. Um, you know, second worst case scenario is you lose homes, but you, you sign someone else who can fill that void, like a Nerlens Noel or someone like that. And he, they would have, you know, been like a tag team. So um, at this point, like, I don't know where he fits. And, uh, but I'm not worried about that. It's an expiring contract. It's $9.7 million. You got Buddy Hill that you can still wheel and deal with. You got Marvin Bagley, you can still wheel and deal with. Um, or you can just wait until the offseason and you have like $28 million in expiring contracts. And that's not a bad thing to have. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people that play daily fantasy sports lose? I admit it. I'm part of that 85%. I have really never won in daily fantasy sports. If you have, congratulations on being part of that 15%. But is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing up against experts and thousands of people, thousands of lineups, and those experts that you play against have more tools and more time. They're going to beat you you're going to lose. You really truly don't stand a chance. So that's where Stat Hero comes in. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control of and winning actually within reach. It's player versus house. 
Stat Hero tells you what their lineups are going to be, and it just dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house, head-to-head fantasy matchup. No other teams, no other players, nothing. And really, it's winner take all. You choose your stakes. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you the lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports done right the way truly it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. Yeah, that's a 300% match, which is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Let's dive into swing for the fences moves. And this is something that you've talked a lot about, not just on Locked on Kings, but on a ton of programs. And you've reported that Monty McNair is looking for moves like this as long as it makes sense. He's trying to be aggressive. He's not just saying, okay, our offseason is done now that we've secured Rashawn Holmes and and we've drafted... Davion Mitchell. We're not done there. We're they're still trying to make big moves to ultimately make the playoffs next season. So swing for the fences moves. We're going to kind of look at a few players that are those those high end players that are potentially available that McNair said he wants to put the Kings in a position to potentially uh, go out and get. And the first name that we've talked about a lot already is Ben Simmons. And we've seen reports of asking prices from the Philadelphia 76ers, how high those asking prices were. Uh, We heard uh, that other teams were almost laughing the Sixers off the phone, like, for example, an asking price that the Sixers had towards the Golden State Warriors at one point. But now we're hearing these rumors of, hey, Ben Simmons wants out or Ben Simmons isn't returning uh, phone calls for Joel Embiid. The the situation is non-repairable. The relationships are non-repairable. And that obviously has an effect on trade value in your mind do you think that Simmons's value has dropped enough for the Kings to actually be legitimate players in a package that does not include either De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton yeah I mean in all honesty the relationship there I I don't know what Philly's trying to do here at at some point they're gonna have to make their mind up and I, I just don't see them coming back into the season with the with the same roster that they have right now and I think they're in danger zone big time because number one, they're playing with Rich Paul and like that you don't mess with Rich Paul. That's like, it's, it's just a bad idea. You don't mess with power agents uh, because that comes back to haunt you down the road. So like, look, do the Kings have enough? Uh, It just depends on what else is out there, what other offers are out there. But I will tell you if I'm Sacramento, I've got to the point where I know who my four or five guards are, right? We, we have that pretty much set. Uh, I know who my forwards are because, you know, although they do need, uh, you know, another starting level player, uh, well, it just depends on what happens with Marvin. Um, you know who your centers are. They got a ton of them, right? So at this point, I think the Kings have solidified their rotation and they have two glaring pieces that are just kind of sitting out there and Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald. And it's like, what are we going to do with these guys? And can we get the player that we want using these guys as sort of the backing for a major deal. So I think that the Kings have about as good an offer as you're going to find for Ben Simmons. Now I could be crazy. There could be someone out there who's offered some massive package, but if you're the Kings, if you're a team looking at the Kings and you're thinking, okay, Buddy Heald is something that instantly helps their, their team. They need Buddy Heald that it's clear. They want Buddy Heald. We know that, but like, even Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley is still young. He still has talent. He still has Larry Bird rights. You can sign and trade him. You can do a bunch of stuff next offseason with him. Or if he's good for you, 
you have him and you can, I mean, I think again, Marvin Bagley, I don't think he's a better player than Andre Drummond. I think he's a better player for that team. And so, you know, I, I think he would have got, he would be a guy who fits in and can actually give you something, especially with Embiid's history of injuries. So I think the Kings, you know, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, it doesn't sound, you know, incredible off the charts, but anytime you're dealing with the Sacramento Kings, you know you're dealing with a franchise who's missed the playoffs for 15 consecutive seasons. And that means that their draft picks mm -hmm. uh, are better than anyone else's draft picks that I can think of in this scenario. You're not going to be able – like if you trade Ben Simmons to the Lakers, you trade Ben Simmons to the Warriors, you are not getting anything in draft capital. And those pieces, even if they don't want the quote – like they're not worried about the draft picks, they are worried about the draft picks because those are pieces that you go at the trade deadline and used to go get other players. Um, you know, again, the Kings are historically bad. So those picks should be strong picks, or at least the idea of those picks should be strong picks. So I think Ben Simmons makes a ton of sense for the Kings. I'd love to see them like, even if they could swing a deal where they did Tristan Thompson and buddy healed two first round picks, lottery protected, not lottery protected, whatever you got to do, maybe a pick swap. And that's a lot of value for Ben Simmons. And then maybe take Marvin Bagley and go do something else. Um, I, you know, there are a lot of ways that you could put this trade together where I think it makes sense for the Kings and it makes sense for Philadelphia where they're getting veterans that step on the court and can instantly help them. And that match salary very closely because uh, Philly is going to be up against the, the luxury tax or over the luxury tax. And they're not going to want to take on a bunch of extra money and pay dollar for dollar. That's just not something they should be doing. So, um, so yeah, I, like, I like the Simmons idea. I, I like Simmons as a player. Um, he's a bit of a mess right now, uh, but I think that, that the Kings, even if they made a deal like that, they could still have the potential to do something else, which is intriguing to me. I don't know if I'm creating something or creating a storyline out of nothing here, but in your mind, does Dave Yeager being on the bench with the Philadelphia 76ers and his history with the two biggest trade ships that the Kings have in, in Buddy Heald uh, and Marvin Bagley. Cause I've heard that, that narrative brought up in conversations before. Do you think that has an effect on anything or is it, he's an assistant doc is in charge there. Uh, Daryl Morey's in charge there. That really doesn't come into play in your mind. Yeah. I think that they're going to ask, they'll ask Dave, Hey, what do you think? And Dave will tell you like Marvin Bagley's got a ton of potential like still. And, and he'll also tell you that Buddy Heald is if you have him in the right situation as a clean three-point shooter, you got to remember Buddy Heald's two best seasons as a pro are under Dave Yeager. Yep. And so he should love to get back with Dave Yeager. That would be a great thing for Buddy Heald, especially on that team with, with all of those players that can play in the post. Um, I just think he fits really well there. I think it's still, though, like when you make any move to bring in players, and especially a guy who's owed was $65 million over three years in Buddy Heald, you're going to do your due diligence you're going to do your homework and not having a conversation with dave um would dave like tank a deal i don't know like it, it's possible um but like clearly those guys weren't good to dave and and there was some tattered relationships with both of them by the end of his run here um but this is the nba you know you, you got to shake it off and you got to do what's best for your team and and if you're getting an elite three-point shooter that can change the direction of your team and make you better you probably do it no matter what, because Buddy does have an elite skill, and uh, we're watching guys still get paid so much money who aren't nearly as good at shooting the three ball as Buddy. And so, like, I, I think that that's it's something to watch out for. But in the end, 
I'm not going to say it's the end all be all. I, I think the Kings could still like, it's just going to depend, depend on what kind of situation the 76ers get themselves themselves into. And at what point do they come to the realization that, you know, that they don't have a spectacular asset anymore, that they've devalued that asset so much and they did it, whether it was intentional or not, they did it to themselves. Um, and so, you know, I, I think you're going to have to wait and see on Simmons, but you know, I, I, I think it can happen with the Kings. Well, speaking of devaluing an asset, I could say the the Dallas Mavericks devalued Kristaps Porzingis. I could also say Kristaps Porzingis devalued himself with his, his injury issues and his inability to really fit and his unhappiness alongside Luka Doncic. But there's a name that I mean, a few years ago when when the Mavericks acquired him, we were talking about man, what a what a one two European punch that the Mavericks are going to have, and he's a player that seemingly checked a lot of boxes for the Sacramento Kings seem as a guy that can space the floor as a big also with his length can be a rim protector although I know that there are some defensive question marks with him uh, but his price tag might not be that significant and it sounds like the Dallas Mavericks are are hungry to move on from him oh what it would be uh, an image it would be to see Marvin Bagley and Luka Doncic playing on the same team in Dallas but what do you think about the possibility of a Kristaps Porzingis acquisition uh, a guy that is uh has spent a lot of time on uh or out with injuries as well yeah so he's the guy if i'm the kings and i'm not touching the 10 foot pole um like i know a lot of fans are excited about a guy like chris steps uh you know he's got a cool a cool nickname the unicorn but at this point i think a lot of his stats are fluffy mm. um I, I think he has injured way way too much he's had substantial substantial injuries you know like acls right um or at least an acl uh, to me, uh, there's also like if in the know, like uh, I don't think that he fits in a lot of places. And, um, you know, he had a situation in New York uh, where he didn't get, you know, found guilty of anything. But there was some some question marks about, you know, some potential sexual assault stuff. Um, I know that the people around him aren't considered uh, the greatest. And so. If I'm the Kings and I do my homework on Chris Stapps, um, I, I back off because it's one thing to bring in a, a low budget, uh, spend a second round pick on an undrafted player that has some baggage and, and then decide what you're going to do with that player afterwards. It's a whole nother thing to basically go all in on a major injury question mark, a, a guy who's going to eat up huge salary, a guy who's going to take a lot for you to get. Um, that's a big, that's a, a lot different deal if there's character issues or if there are question marks. And to me, there's enough there that like, I, I think he's Dallas's problem at this point. And like, look, the other thing with, with Porzingis, he doesn't seem to fit in unless he's the main guy. And I just don't see him as a main guy player. I just don't know how he really fits in. A lot of his numbers are, like I said, they're fluffy. Uh, you're, we've always been waiting for him and um, Luca to just have this epiphany moment. It's never come. Although that epiphany moment hasn't come with Luca and a lot of the players that they put around him. So, uh, maybe it's a little bit on that as well, but yeah, I I'm a big, uh, thumbs down for, for Porzingis. 
I feel the same way. Well, what about Pascal Siakam? I had a conversation with the uh, Locked On Raptors podcast a, a little over a month ago about the possibility of a Siakam trade and talking about or hearing rumors of Pascal not being too happy or the Raptors maybe wanting to go in a different direction. And then all of a sudden they get a top four pick and maybe that changes things a little bit for them. Kind of the same thing with DeMontis Sabonis in a way with the Indiana Pacers. They move on uh, from Nate. They get in, bring in Rick Carlisle and suddenly, okay, maybe they can work things out uh, in Indiana. But I don't know what kind of value it would take for Pascal Siakam. I know he's going to be uh, out with injury for a good portion of next season, or at least the start of next season. Plus, with the depth you've added in your front court, do you do you still look at that? What do you think about Pascal Siakam as a target? Yeah, I, I really like Siakam. I like his game. I think he would fit perfectly with a running gun style in Sacramento. Um, you know, I've heard people say it, it would be kind of like when the the Kings went out and got a guy like Weber who had had some injury problems, who had had some personality problems um, and other stops who had kind of come to a, the end of the line with a couple of teams. And then he just found his way in Sacramento. So I could see that being like a very, very good fit for the Kings. He does have, uh, he had labrum surgery, so he's going to miss time. I don't know if he'll be back in, in November or December. Um, but again, it, the thing when you look at both him and Simmons is that they're both under contract long-term. It's not like they're going anywhere. If they do get traded to Sacramento, you're looking at guys who are like three or four-year contracts. And so you're not going to worry about the labor right now. And and again, if you back out a little bit and you say, okay, what if they did make a deal for a player like that? Then maybe Tristan Thompson starts to make a little more sense as, as depth. Um, you know, so again, like I think the Kings want to be players in that type of market. And you can also see... Like the biggest, I think right now it looks like most of the the potential players that could be available are quite kind of the the four position, right? We're looking at a bunch of guys that kind of would fill a spot where Marvin is currently slated to. I don't know. I, I would assume start at this point, but I'll always point out this too: the Kings. If a small forward came up, the Kings would be all over that too because they have Harrison Barnes who can play the three and the four and can move back and forth between the positions with no problem. And so they do have that availability. So I think it opens it up if other players become available. Um, but, you know, you're, you're going to have to figure something out here because I think this, it's, this roster is very much built for that big swing. It's, it's built for that next level player to step in and help elevate the whole thing. So right now, I think they've done enough to be in the conversation for the eight seed or the play-in. Um, I do. I think they've done enough. But if you really want to be a playoff contender, this go get that big that big name right now because eventually you're not going to have a Marvin Bagley to trade or you're not going to have an expiring contract of Tristan Thompson to trade. And so at this point, I think this is the right time to do something. Today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you, of course, by our great friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate they have amazing flavors like my favorite mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange just to name a few and you can go to built.com order a mixed box try a bunch of these different flavors and then when you have your favorites you can go back to built.com order another box and pick and choose the flavors that you want and in addition to being delicious trust me these things are incredible they also are very good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. And chocolate lovers, did I mention they're covered in 100% 
chocolate. It's a protein bar that doesn't taste like a protein bar. I promise you that. Go to built.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With baseball season happening right now, you can even bet on NBA Summer League. NFL bets are coming up. You can bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl right now, or you can bet on the Hall of Fame game. You can bet on preseason. You can bet on it all, not to mention UFC, MMA action, golf, things like that, plus some really fun prop bets that I encourage you to check out. Be sure to go over to uh, Bet Online on your laptop or on your computer, mobile device, does not matter. You'll get all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information that they have to offer. And when you head to their website and sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% of free money that you can use to gamble to make money on Bet Online, and be sure you take advantage of our Locked On Bets show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, a resource designed to help you make money on Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. I got two more questions for you. The first, I don't know if these would cl- uh, classify or qualify as swing for the fences moves. Certainly not as high profile as some of the names that mm-hmm. we've talked about already, but there are, are some names in the restricted free agency market that could be intriguing. Uh, intriguing. Laurie Markinen is one of them. I know there's been conversation, at least amongst fans uh, here in Sacramento, about Josh Hart. Again, not necessarily swing for the fences, massive acquisition moves, but names that you would expect potentially to be on the Kings radar or hands off. Yeah, I mean, like Josh Hart, I'm not that intrigued by. I mean, the Kings have a ton of guards, and and I really don't see him as like a 2-3. He's more of a 2, uh, or even like he can do a 1-2. I, I just don't think it's it's all that intriguing. Uh, but when it comes to marketing, in the right situation, you could just see how he could take off. And um, I look at like his specific skill set. He's not a great rebounder. He's actually... I looked at his defensive numbers. He's better than I thought he would be. He's actually pretty solid. Um, but the the true like genius to Markinen coming into the draft and you know coming like into his now his fourth year. He just got done with his fourth year. Is that he shot forty percent from three, and this team really desperately needs that stretch four, stretch five. And I think with Markinen, the genius to him is he can play both. So that's a player where look if somehow like pie in the sky, right? The Kings were able to swing some crazy deal where they know they're getting Ben Simmons and they know that they're getting, uh, they're giving up Tristan Thompson, Buddy Heald and a bunch of first round picks. Now I turn around and I go get, I, I, I offer Marvin Bagley for in a sign and trade for marketing. I don't think you're going to be able to sign him with the MLE. I think he wants more money than that. Yeah. The Bulls uh, still have the ability to match, and if you extend an offer and they match, then they can't trade them to you for a year. So that takes you out of the realm. You can't just outward, outward, outwardly trade for him for nothing mm-hmm. um, because that's not the way that the CBA works. You can't trade for the mid-level. So so basically, you're going to have to give them something. And so if they, they're interested in, in Tristan Thompson as a really nice – like four or five backup to what they already have. That makes sense. You know, they signed Tony Bradley, but like uh, I've watched Tony Bradley play basketball a few times and like, that's, that's not something that's, I'm not changing my plans because of Tony Bradley Um, and not to be rude to Tony Bradley, but that's just the way it is. Um, You know, just like I'm not changing my plans because of Damian Jones. Um, But 
I think that's what makes a ton of sense. And if you could find a deal where all of a sudden you have the three-point shooter to pair with Ben Simmons for moments, and you would always have a shooter with him on the court in the post, uh, be it Harrison Barnes or or a guy like Markkanen, that to me would be sheer genius. And again, you can do it contractually. Like I, I think Markkanen wants a little bit more than mid-level exception. Um, you know, again, you're looking at 11.3 million, which is about uh, two million over the mid-level for Marvin Bagley. If you throw in Justin James, you can go up a little bit more, and he has. Uh, a non-guaranteed contract that once you trade him, he could actually be waived and maybe you give him a second round pick. And, and even if you can't swing the market in, I mean, the, the Ben Simmons deal right now, or a, a Siakam deal right now, I would take that risk. I would take the risk on market in and, and throw him out there. And, you know, whether he's starting or he's coming off the bench, I, I think you have to figure it out. But I think just long, versatile, three point ability. I think you would actually start to see a bigger picture with the Kings. And I think that would be cool. Final thing I have for you, James, you and I have talked a lot about on locked on Kings going back to last off season, Monty McNair's first off season and, and the, the problems last season, we talked about just the lack of depth on this team, the lack of a bench, how the Kings or Luke Walton essentially had seven, maybe at most an eight man rotation. It seems like thus far uh, the Kings have had a major focus. Monty McNair has had a major focus on bolstering uh, that bench rotation, giving Luke Walton more options while also uh, addressing the defense issues and the toughness issues still a lot of off season to go before we can give Monty like an off season grade, but what are you, what are your thoughts on, or, or how pleased are you, I guess, uh, at this point with the moves that McNair has made and the focus on addressing that bench issue? Yeah. I mean, to me, almost every move that you made, I, I give like, if I'm grading, which I did, um, if I'm grading the Rashawn Holmes deal, I still don't know what happened there. I don't know how it worked out. But to get him on four year forty seven is nuts. Uh, that's I mean that's one of the biggest steals. He was already the biggest steal. Now you got him again on a huge steal, and we're we're learning that he's not the player option is until uh, between year three and year four. So that last year is is a player option. Uh, man, that's just incredible. That's an A. Um, and then if I look at the other deals, you can't look at them and say okay like globally in the NBA is is signing Mo Harkless an A. It's not an A. It wouldn't be an A for any team. But for the Kings, that's like a really, really good B minus. And Alex Len is a really good C plus B minus. And Terrence Davis, like take the the off the court stuff away. That's a really, really strong like B move for the Kings. And so if I look at this team right now, and you take you add in Davion versus Corey Joseph, and you add in even you know like Tristan Thompson and uh, and Alex Lynn and Mo Harkless, and you compare those to what the Kings came into last season with with which was you know Hassan Whiteside, Nemanja Bjelica, uh, Jabari Parker, um, like all of those moves, the Kings are better at every single one of those positions. And I, I mean I don't have any problem saying that. I, I believe that if the Kings would have walked into last season with any depth at all, they could have won three or four or five more games. That puts you right in the playoff hunt. I think that you have that depth this year. I expect the team to be much better. Some of the teams got better around them, but to be honest with you, a lot of teams didn't. 
I'm surprised a team like New Orleans didn't get better. You know, there are a lot of teams that did not get better. Minnesota, I don't like, have we even heard their name mentioned in the offseason? They they just completely have disappeared. So I, I think that they're like the Kings are in a position where, like, look, I I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what happened. Like so far, this is a very good offseason. If you you take away the fact that like Harkless and Terrence Davis finish the season as a Kings and you're just saying, Oh, those are just re-signs. They're really not like those guys were not there the whole season last year. So bringing those guys back, you are going to, if they were there at the beginning of the season and Alex Lynn was in there at the beginning of the season, this team won five more games at a minimum, at a minimum. And so like, I think they did good. I think as of right now, they did good and they're primed to do something like, Holy cow. Now they might not get it, but you know they are primed to do something substantial and the only question is can they find a dance partner um and, and that's where they're at you know can they find someone who's willing to take the picks and willing to take buddy hield and marvin bagley and and or or tristan thompson and really like transform what we're seeing here and put the kings back in the conversation of of like a legitimate not just playing eight seed seven seed type thing but you know a five six seed and I think the, the Kings are at a point where one player could make that type of impact if it's the right player. And whether they can find that deal or not, it's going to, you know, it's going to be on money. But my, I'm sitting there with every single one of my cards on the table and saying, right, let's, let's do this. Someone, someone bite, someone take the offer. And if they do, they do. And this team could actually be pretty good. Well, we expect Monty to stay aggressive and we'll see if the Kings end up pulling the trigger on some kind of deal, no matter what happens, any rumors, possibilities. James Ham will be all over it from NBC Sports. James, fantastic work on your mock drafts and the buildup to the draft as always. Now you can focus back just on, on Kings coverage. And, and sooner or later, I mean, we have the summer league going on right now. It's going to be training camp in a few weeks and then we'll really be diving into next season, but we'll see how this roster looks at that time. I appreciate you coming on again, my friend. I look forward to hopefully doing it again soon and maybe we'll have you back on soon talking about breaking breaking down a big Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, or who knows type trade. Thanks, Matt. So it's a joy to come on, man. Huge thank you again to James Ham. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to have him here on Locked on Kings. I hope you enjoyed that content. I thought it was interesting what he had to say about Ben Simmons. Not only would Simmons be a good fit here in Sacramento, but he believes the Kings are potentially in the best position out of any team in the NBA to really make an offer for him. And if the Philadelphia 76ers decide that they really truly want to move on from Simmons, and it sounds like they're going to be forced to make that decision really with how that uh, situation is happening, how that relationship is going between Simmons and the organization right now, the Kings might be the most serious player out there. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Of course, you should be keeping an eye on when the next Locked on Kings podcast episode drops. I appreciate you for listening today. Look forward to having you join me on tomorrow's podcast and all future podcasts and more great guests coming for you, more great content surrounding the Sacramento Kings and this summer league. So I hope you will join me for that. As for today, though, we are done. My name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.